Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Sunday night, March 3rd. The Magic just got done laying the smack it down on the Detroit Pistons. Magic have been balling, ladies and gentlemen. We had an amazing, awesome, awesome February. Um, and we we not only it, it was exciting because the last game we we match our total games one from last season. And now being the Pistons, we're now above that, breaking it. So uh the man, the the magic are surprising more and more people. Shout out to all the national media out there that didn't think the Magic were going to be in this position, and the Magic are now at a point where every game is mattering more and more and more because as we look forward to the rest of the season, the Magic, we're, we're not trying to be in that playing tournament. Every game matters. Every single game. We are on the heels of the Philadelphia 76ers, the New York Knicks. We do not want to be in that playing tournament if we don't have to be. We have a great, great, great opportunity to be able just to make it into the playoffs. Um, Al, what's going on? You were at that game today. How are you feeling, bro? Doing good, man. Doing good. I think it was the third, fourth largest crowd in in Amway. Uh, I'm sorry, Kia. I can see in Amway. Kia Center history. Almost broke 20K. Um, 20K. Dude, on a Sunday night. 19,600, something like that around there. Something like that on, on a Sunday night against the Pistons. Just shows you how hungry the city is for playoff basketball. And, I mean, we're, what, a month and a half away from that? Yep. So uh, it's exciting to see the city embrace a team so much. Um, so, man, it was great. Yeah. So in today's episode, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about our current standings and, and our position um, uh, where we're, with where we're at with the Orlando Magic. Um, Jonathan Isaac had a really, really uh, big scare. We'll talk about a little bit about that. And then the kind of Coach Mo's kind of switching it up a little bit. Gary Harris gets back into the starting lineup. Um, and the Magic are playing really, really good basketball. So before we get into all of that, just a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device head to bet online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code believe for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online the game starts here and right before we jump into the episode um, we do have a new sponsor cut which is a social betting app um, which is pretty cool because normally if you're doing any type of sports wagering sports betting um, you're either doing it with hard rock or it's, it's one of those apps. Um, this is a different fundamental where you're able to do peer to peer, which is pretty dope. Um, so if you love betting with your friends, you can now organize it a bit by utilizing this app and you can bet on anything sports, uh, who's going to win tonight's game, who's going to win the Eastern conference, you know, championship, whatever it is that you want to bet on, you're able to do it. 
Um, it, again, it's peer-to-peer social betting platform that's legal in 40-plus states. Cut has customizable odds, tracking capabilities, an entire social network with group chats, user profiles, and rewards, all payments, and no need for Venmo. Use our promo code Believe Magic for a 10% welcome deposit bonus. And don't forget the prom- don't forget that promo code, 10% off. Cut, put your money where your mouth is. And Alan and I, we actually did it right before the episode. Um, and we, we figured we'll, we'll take a little break on the Orlando Magic talk um, and, and, you know, kind of talk about who we think are going to be or who will be coming out of the East as the Eastern Conference um, winners realistically. Um, I have my money on Boston Celtics, and I'm pretty much saying it because they just put a stomping on the Golden State Warriors. Um, and Al, I think you you were saying that you re- you feel strongly that it's going to be the Bucks. Yeah, man, I I just don't trust the Celtics. I know they look great today against Golden State, uh, but I feel like they always look great during the season. I also don't trust uh, Porzingis staying healthy through the playoffs. So I think that for me personally, I think the Bucks with Giannis, Dame, they're getting hot already. They're looking really good in the East. I think they'll get stronger and stronger with the more chemistry they build. So I really feel in a seven-game series, if it comes down to Boston and Milwaukee, I think they got the edge. Now, let me also say, I wish I could say the magic, but we're betting money here. So I won Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, man, you can't, you can't be biased when it comes to, to wagering. As much as I love my home team, um, you, you want to know who I don't trust? I don't trust Doc Rivers. They are a cluster out in Milwaukee. And as much as you want to put all your – um, you know, all your all your money on on Dame and and Giannis, they're 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 looking a little funky out there. So I, if I if I had to look at the two, I, man, I think Boston they're they're looking they're looking all right now. I will say that if something happens and it aligns, and Boston ends up at some point in time facing the Magic, I, I feel like we got their I feel like we got their number, man, because there's this is an awesome thing, right? Um, and and I, I'm going to transition a little bit outside of our debate on Boston versus um, Milwaukee. But um, what's what's awesome about the Magic is I, I feel like we're we're the wild card. Like I really, really do to where we're a team that people still haven't fully figured out. It's easy to point out to the, about the Magic that oh we we can't shoot like we're where we that's that's a, a key fundamental lack of the Orlando Magic, but. We have so many different ways that we're able to really beat a team from our size, from our length, um, from our our play, from Franz and Paolo, um, our, our bench unit. We're a really deep team. I think that teams have to look at the Magic now differently than they've done before. Obviously, we're winning. We're a different team. But there's way more respect factor because we can play and we can hoop the best of them. And I think. If you look at a team like Boston, if you look at a team like, you know, Indiana, New York, Milwaukee, I, I think anyone looks at the Magic and say, man, that's not that's not really a team that I, I would want to go against. And granted, we might be biased, um, but I think that our size will end up scaring a lot of people. Um, but again, this is this is why I I feel like we one of the major issues with the Magic have always been injuries and, and not being healthy. And this is why the Magic need to stay out of the playing tournament. If we can make it into the playoffs straight through, this will allow for our guys to rest just a little bit more. Um, and this will allow for us to, to kind of break break barriers, man. Nobody was thinking about this last season. So we got, we got a real opportunity right now. 
Yeah, so like how you said, all that, just to say that if we face the, face the Celtics, you're rooting for the Magic. So you're going to go against your bet, which I'm, I'm all for. So uh, again, Milwaukee, that's where my, money, my money's at. <laughs> yeah, my, my money and my heart are two completely different things. I hear you, man. Trust me, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I know we're doing this for fun and we're trying the, the new app and we're doing this, but I'm like, man, it hurts not to say the Magic going to win. But I'm like, hey, I'm being realistic and I'm trying to win this money. I got, I got Milwaukee on it, but as you guys all know, realistically, deep down, magic all the way, right? Yeah. So it, it's we we've missed. So obviously we didn't record on Thursday, and uh, we we have a few games to to discuss, right? We had the Magic win against Detroit Pistons, one twelve to one hundred nine, where Paolo hit the game winning shots and gets emotional in the post game, which was awesome to see. I wanted to touch base on that really quick before we hit on the other games. This is a game that. Afterwards, Paul hit a big game-winning shot, didn't play a great basketball game, was feeling under the weather, didn't even know if he was going to be able to go or not. What are your thoughts on Paulo crying during the postseason or getting emotional? For me, man, I actually loved it. I love the fact that he shows that emotion just because he had a rough stretch after the All-Star break. Like He, he was dealing with an illness. It was never really disclosed what it was. Well, he struggled to shoot the ball for a few games, including the Detroit game, and yet mostly told him on the bench before the big shot, hey, I'm coming to you, and I want you to take this shot. Showing that confidence that not only the team has in him, but the head coach has in him, and then he hits the shot. It's an N1, crazy shot. He hits the free throw. We win the game. I mean, as a young kid, to, to be put, again, that pressure on you, for you to deliver Kind of, again, coming off the All-Star game, there's so many emotions involved there. And I love it, man. I mean, Jalen Suggs cried earlier in the, in the season when they lost to the Lakers. Like, I'm, I'm loving the fact that our team is full of guys that are embracing this new pressure that's being put on them. Because trust me, all of us as fans, we don't think of them anymore as a playing team. We don't think of them as a team that should be just barely getting to the playing. Now it's like you should be getting that fifth, fourth seed in the East. At, at worst, the seventh. And they're really taking it seriously. So if you ask me, I love seeing it. Um, I saw some fans from other teams laughing at Sox earlier in the year, at Paolo now. Bro, I'm so sorry you're filled with guys like Jalen Green that rather have their nails painted than go play ball. So <laughs> I'm guy. sorry, man. Like, it's that's my guy too. But, hey, so all I'm saying is, man, I, I love the fact that our team, man, our front office, I'm going to close it out with this, our front office, I've doubted them before. But the more the time passes, I'm like, holy crap, they had it all figured out. They knew what they were doing. Joe Ingles included, AB, like all the things that they've done that I'm like so tough on them when it first happens, I can see why they make those decisions now. Dude, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I love that he was confident in the play. I, I love the reaction afterwards. Uh, I, I love everything that I saw. There's not one person in the city of Orlando or any Magic fan in the world that had an issue with him being emotional. You have a player that gives a fuck, like literally gives it. And the fact that one, he cursed afterwards, I think he dropped like two or three F-bombs, right? he apologized for dropping an F-bomb and then he dropped another F-bomb, which, which personally I love because it shows how passionate he is, right? The fact that he got emotional, the fact that he loves the fact that they had enough uh, confidence in him, knowing that he was having a bad game, 
right? They still went to him. He was able to deliver. And Paolo, man, this year, his mixtape this year is going to be insane because we've had so many moments already from Paolo. And time after time, um, he's he's delivering. And I, I can't remember which game it was, but there, there was a game that, you know, he had an opportunity to to win the game and he ended up messing it up. And, you know, he ended up saying, you know, Orlando, I owe you one. And my man followed through, man. This is this is what you want from your all-star player, from your franchise player. Al, we're only in year two. And every year since we've had Paulo, we've increased our winning every single year. Obviously, it's only been two years, but we continue to get better. And Paulo is the leading charger of that. Franz is supporting, but Paulo is, is literally carrying us on his back from what it feels like. And I know, I know you saw the interview because we, we had talked about it. Um, Gilbert Revens on this podcast and he was talking to, you know, Kenyon Martin and, uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Norris Cole, right. Where he, he was talking about, um, they had brought up, you know, Paulo Bancaro deserves to be an all-star and, and Gilbert Arenas and Kenyon Martin didn't agree with it. And Kenyon Martin obviously doesn't watch any Orlando Magic games. You can tell just by the conversation uh, where he says that the Magic were already building something before Paolo Bencaro, which to a very small degree, he is correct. The Magic were building something. Nothing was built. They were building something. They had good key pieces. Paolo Bencaro, like the, the issue with the Magic since Dwight Howard has been, we haven't had that guy. We haven't had that guy. Paolo Bencaro is that guy. You remove Paolo Bencaro, then we're left with nothing, right? Paolo Bencaro is the foundational structure that we have. And the fact that he was saying it was mad disrespectful. Gilbert Arenas was like, well, when I think about Osteros, he's not, you know, he doesn't just jump to my mind, Right. They were talking smack, and then the minute that Gilbert Arenas goes on his little phone to look up his stats, my man went silent and left Kenya Martin alone on this island because his analogy of the Orlando Magic were building a, a cake before Paolo Bancaro came, and they had all the ingredients and blah, 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 was a bunch of BS, and I really can't believe that people are still, like, not all there when it comes to Paolo Bancaro and the Orlando Magic. But this is why this postseason is so important. So my question to you, Al, is what more do the Magic have to do to start earning respect across a more national, broader level? Because no matter what your feeling is towards Gilbert Arenas or or Kenyon Martin, these are... These are guys who are uh, they they they're a part of the NBA community. They they do have a voice. People do listen. And you have people out there that believe the stupid junk that they're saying. But what do the magic have to do to be able to get to a point where people are now respecting or talking about the magic with respect? I think actually we're talking about this before we started recording. The fact that the Magic are nine games over 500 after they lost that entire gap that they had built back in October, November, when they were 10 games over 500 at that time, I think that's exactly what they need to do is keep winning. Keep winning. 
insert yourself in, in conversations that they shouldn't be inserted in. So for instance, I, I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast last night and he's talking about teams in the East that are, that are you know, in contention. He's like, wait, the Orlando Magic are back again in, in that playoff race. They're now six at the time when he was talking about it. They have to talk about us because we, we're now there. Um, if we're seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth in the East, what's going to happen is, okay, they got better. Okay, Paolo's getting them some help, but they're years away. Wait, they're sixth or fifth or fourth? All of a sudden, that changes the whole narrative. They have to watch our games. They have to look at our stats before they go on, on live TV and talk about us. But it's embarrassing, man. I mean, people like Gilbert Arenas, people like, unfortunately, Shaq himself said some things on the broadcast on TNT that night that I was like, what are you talking about? So it's unfortunate, but to answer your question directly, to force them to talk about us and respect us is to keep on winning. And I think the Magic have a perfect schedule to do so in March and April. So I think they're going to have to respect us heading into the playoffs. And again, educate themselves before they talk about us. Because right now they're not doing that. They're just talking about what they know, what they think. Um, so that will change really quickly if the wins continue. What makes it what makes it tough is... You know, we we had an opportunity to really showcase, right? We we know that the game against OKC when we um, uh, retired Shaquille O'Neal's jersey on national television, we know that that was a bad game, right? It was a home game. We really thought we were, we were going to do well. This is the Magic finally getting a chance to take a look at Chad Holmgren. This was a team that we were supposed to face originally on national television on Paulo's rookie year, and they ended up rescheduling because Chad got hurt. Like, there's so many d- dynamics where this was a game that was supposed to really uh, put us on the map, so to say, where the average Joe didn't have to get on NBA TV to be able to watch the Orlando Magic because, let's be honest, nobody is doing that, right? Um, but at the same time, this is this is my ass, right? Whether it's through the play-in or whether it's through the playoffs, we've talked about this before. The Magic have not really dabbled into any free agency, uh, any major free agency. I'm not talking about Joe Ingles. I'm talking about being a real player in free agency. Uh, we really haven't done that on on the trade market either since we've acquired uh, Wendell Carter and, and Gary Harris. Like we we really haven't dabbled into anything extra outside of development and drafting, right? with the core team that we currently have now and the magic are going to get to a point where they're going to have to start doing that because that's, that's an element of having a better basketball team. Now where you're able to showcase where you're able to win people in free agency is going to be on the biggest stage, which is the playoffs. So whether again, whether we make it in the plan, whether we make it in the playoffs, like the Magic have to go out there and they have to compete, whether we win or lose. Like we can't, we can't get smacked around. There, there can't be any twenty, thirty point losses. Like uh, as much, as much as I, I, I want the Magic to, to be in the finals. Like we know that this isn't the year. We know that maybe next year may not be the year. But what we do now matters in the off season, and the Magic need to be able to get to a point where when we're in the postseason that we are battling people, we are fun to watch and we start earning the respect and we start earning uh, other fan bases and Paolo Bancaro is, is, is playing at a playoff label because what can happen 
is we put all this stock into Paolo and, and Franz, postseason comes around in the playoffs, and they don't show up. That's that's a fear of mine, right? Because then that kind of sets us back a bit. It kind of makes the, the whole season almost a waste. So I, I think that where we're going to earn our respect, playoffs, 100%. 100%. We're, we're, we're going to get postseason action. That's happening, right? What are we going to do once we get there? Yeah, and I, but I think it also starts with doing what we've done this week. So you started talking about that Detroit game, right? But if you look at what happened afterwards, so we lost against Atlanta. I, I'm going to scratch that one off. That was a crazy one-off. Paulo didn't play. Trey Young didn't play. So I think that kind of threw everything off, and we ended up losing that game 109-92. But if you look at what happened after that, so we ended up winning against Brooklyn at home, 108-81. So blowout win. That felt so great. Loved because it. Because we saw Michael Bridges uh, talk a lot of trash to, to France in that game. He can't guard me and all these things. And that dated back to the Olympics, which, by the way, France also ended up getting gold in that one. So he's got you twice now. So great blowout win. Then you got Utah comes to town. And we had that game easily. And then what happened was we got comfortable and we allowed them to come back into the game. And thankfully, Jalen Suggs saved us 115-107. We ended up winning that game. But then tonight, bad team. We've got to beat them. And the, you know, the home stand on a good note, we blow them out again. 113-91, big win against Detroit. So what I'm trying to get at is we're getting good at what we need to be good at right now, which is beating those bad teams at home. Those games that you got to win, we're winning. Something that cannot be said about this team, even in December, even for sure last year, but even December of this year, you couldn't say that a 500 team was going to come to Orlando or a sub-500 team was coming to Orlando, and we're going to blow them out. That wasn't the case. We were going to win some way, somehow, tough game, but now I'm seeing a different kind of energy in Orlando, which is we're going to beat you down if you're, no, if you're not our level. So I think hopefully they'll carry over to the playoffs because to your point, the last thing I want to see is we're facing, I don't know, let's call it the Knicks, for example, and they go at MSG. 30-point win, 20-point win, come to Orlando, 18-point win. We don't need that. We, we, can, we need to seem to remain who they have been all season long, play solid defense, compete, fight. And to your point, heading into the offseason, now you got guys that are like, hey, wait, Orlando's building something. I want to be a part of that. That's the ultimate goal to me of this season. Yeah, and, and listen, it's, it's, it's built. Like it, it is, there's something there. It's, it's already built. And... What's awesome about this season, outside of maybe a few, right, is that the Magic are beating the teams that they're supposed to be, and they're battling against the teams that people don't expect us to be. And when I when I take a look at these last, you know, certain amount of games, like our our schedule going up, uh, let's see where we're at. Oh, I just scrolled up. Um, we got the Hornets next, followed by the Wizards, the Knicks. The Pacers, the Nets, Raptors, Raptors, Hornets, Pelicans. Like the Magic could really string together a good amount of games to really support us, um, you know, with, with our battle for for our seeding. Like the Magic, the, the Magic, the Magic number, right, is we want to be in the sixth seed. That way we don't have to prove that we're a playoff team because we've seen other teams before that were that seventh seed completely lose out right, uh, of the postseason. Like, you, you take a look at our standings right now, and the Magic are, are six. Right behind us is Miami Heat, close on our tails, with 34 wins and 26 losses, and you got the Pacers as behind us also. They just got Pascal Siakam, so you're you're expecting for them to, to 
eventually get to a point where they're gelling better together and they start winning games. I'm not sure what their roster dynamic is when who's her, who's not, but you're, you're expecting for the Indiana Pacers to be uh, a team that's winning games and the, the magic just one game at a time. And if they can steal away some of these games where we're playing against, you know, the, the Clippers and, and uh, the Bucks, the Warriors, like if we, if we can get, if we can steal some of these games, the Magic have a really, really good shot. And I know they have already harped on it enough this episode, but the Magic have a really good shot at not having to prove um, in the play-in that they, deserve, that they deserve to be a playoff team. And the, the Magic have an awesome shot at making it straight into the postseason. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, too. You got teams like ahead of us right now currently, Philadelphia at five in the East, 35 and 25. So we're half a game behind them. And you got the Knicks, 36 and 25. 12 uh one uh one game behind them right now but you know what's important to know about those teams philly doesn't have Embiid, no idea nope. when he's coming back so they're probably going to keep on going down in the standings which is great for us and then and the Knicks, brunson, today jalen brunson got hurt today with a leg injury correct they're, they're calling it a knee injury of some sort i didn't get all the details just yet but all that means is we play the Knicks on friday this week coming up so if we can get that win in new york now because they they're shorthanded which they are they don't have randall <laughs> They don't have OG. They don't have now possibly Bronson. We can steal that game. We've beaten them now four times this season. That'll be amazing. Or three times. That'll be amazing. But all I'm trying to say is if the Magic control their, they really control their destiny right now. They're ahead of them in Indiana. They're ahead of the Pacers. Teams above them are dealing with injuries, which, hey, we've dealt with that plenty this year already. Don't feel bad. Capitalize. Keep winning. Keep piling up wins. And again, by the end of the season, April 14th or so, we should be a top six team in the East. We control our destiny. We have the easiest schedule remaining. We're healthy. We're clicking at all cylinders right now. It's looking really good for us. Yeah. What? So one thing that needs to continue to be in our favor, right? You mentioned the the Knicks and and Philadelphia dealing with these major major injuries. The Magic got to stay healthy just for the last bit of that stretch, right? Jonathan Isaac oh, yeah. almost going down. Uh, excuse me. Did go down. Luckily, it was not a major injury. It just ended up being a knee strain. Um, and then he had some type of illness, but he was able to return tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Um, so, one, how fearful were you that it was going to be a a uh, more major of an injury for Jonathan Isaac? And uh, how, how good does it feel that he went through that and he was able to come back tonight? Dude, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. The fact that he went down, it looked awkward. And unfortunately, all injuries when Jai gets hurt, they just look awkward. It's not like a like an obvious knee injuries all the time. It's like, wait, he looked okay, but why is he down still? Oh, wait, he's not getting up. Oh, damn, he's gone a whole season now. So that was my fear. Like, wait, like he didn't look good, but looked okay. And thankfully, it was just a big scare. It was a knee strain. He was able to play, really, according to him, the following game, which would have been last Thursday. And then he said... Um, then he got sick of some sort, again, some sort of illness. I guess Paolo maybe got him sick. But the idea here is he bounced back. And I'm going to say, to me, that's the biggest takeaway. The fact that he bounced back in less than a week, he got back on the court. I was really fearful. I was like, man, we're not going to see Jay until probably April at this point. They're going to put yeah. him in a bubble wrap again like they always do. He's going to play five minutes a game. No, he came back today. He did his thing. Uh, didn't have a great game today, but that's that's Okay. But, man, he is a key component of what we do going forward. We saw him plenty already closing out games for us, playing the, the whole fourth quarter. Think about the playoffs, man. Think about us facing, again, the Knicks, the Celtics, whoever it may be. And you say you got 
again, Jalen Suggs, J.I., Paolo, Franz, and whoever else on the court. That's a scary lineup, a really tall lineup you got to be dealing with on a seven-game series. It's not easy. So, again, I know, and I'll ask you this later in the episode, like, what are our goals? Are we happy with just one win in, in the first round? Are we hoping to advance? Like, we'll, we'll debate that later. But my thing is, with J.I. on our team, it makes us, a honestly, a, at least twice better just because of him. The fear on the opponents when they have to go to the basket when J.I. is down there, it's different, man. It's different. So I'm really, really glad that he did not get hurt um, any worse, that he's okay. Because for a second, I'm like, holy crap, here we go again. But thankfully, just a big scare. What about you? Yeah, I think for me personally, it's, it's I love the fact that it, we're, we're not putting him in that bubble wrap, like you mentioned, right? Uh, Jonathan Isaac had mentioned that he he feels okay and he feels like you know he'll be ready to go, um, you know, pretty soon. And and that was that was communication that we got really early on. So, um, but we we've had moments where what he says and what gets done are on two completely opposite sides of the field. So the fact that he came back fairly quickly because I, I was in the same boat. I was like, man, we're not we're not going to see Jonathan Isaac until you know the last remaining games. And and the fact that you know, he was able to make it back makes me feel amazing because it shows that, you know, maybe Jonathan Isaac is, is healthy enough to where he's able to weather these these awkward uh, or or random uh, falls and, and hurts and injuries. Because when, when I saw that play, I was like, man, it, it didn't even look like he stepped on the guy's foot. Like his knee just kind of gave out like this is. Uh, the biggest fear that you can possibly have when it comes to Jonathan Isaac, there being some type of awkward uh, disconnect with what his body movements and, and his, his body. So um, I, I super happy to see him back. Um, and the fact that we didn't, you know, baby him at, at any point, we allow for him to come back, um, you know, fairly early, um, he was able to play way before my expectations. I was expecting for him to at least miss, you know, uh, at least a month. Like, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was expecting the worst. So really glad to be able to see Jonathan Isaac out there. And, you know, you're you're right. It's all, he didn't have a good game today. But the fact that he was out there uh, really shows, like, yeah, all, all the stuff that people were talking in the offseason about Jonathan Isaac, about uh, he, he doesn't want to play. He just wants to be on book tours and be on Fox <laughs> News and blah, blah, blah. Like, this is this is somebody that, regardless of how you feel about him on the outside, this is someone that wants to be on the court, wants to battle with his team. I mean, you can definitely tell you can definitely tell he cares. A hundred percent, man. I think that's a bit in doubt, right? I think just people, unfortunately, mix in politics with everything else that goes on on the court. But at the end of the day, man, I've never doubted his passion for the game. I've never doubted the impact that he could have on our team. We can see it every single night when he's on the court. So I'm just glad he's back and he's playing for us. And again, hopefully it stays that way the rest of the season. Um, I will follow up now and ask you, so talking about all this, we're looking great. We're playing amazing. GI is healthy. Let's again update our audience because we've talked about this multiple times. When we've gone through bad winning, bad stretches in the season, we're like, wait, remember, our goal initially was to make the play-in. Realistically, if you, if you go back to our episodes when we did season, season predictions, that was our goal, make the play-in. But then we adjusted and said, hey, you know what? We're playing incredible. Guess what? We got to modify those, those, those expectations and say, now we got to make the playoffs. Not the play-in, but the playoffs. Then we lost a bunch of games. We're like, wait, we were unhealthy again. We're like, wait, let's go back playing. It's the goal. Remember that. 
So let's update that now. We're in March. We're about a month away from the season ending. 21 games remain. We've won 35 games now, one more than last year already. You personally, what are your expectations in the sense of what are you okay with? Is it making the play-in still? Like that would satisfy you as a fan? Like, hey, man, we did that. That was a goal. We did it. Is it making the playoffs but winning multiple games? Not one, but multiple. Or is it actually winning a series? And I'm asking this because a lot of fans on Twitter are already putting expectations on our team. Like, you better win a series. If you don't do that, it's a failure. Oh, we, we got to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Otherwise, and I'm like, wait, calm down, people. So what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that it is natural to believe, to to change your um your 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 floor for this basketball team like your expectations it's okay for it to change because the team has changed this is not this is this is a completely different team than we saw last year right so i think in the beginning of the season everyone was on the same page this is a year for winning right and that winning we were all on the same page where we said Magic needed to make it into the play-in tournament. And that quickly changed once the Magic went on a, a streak really, really early on. And we're like, all right, like this this is a, a very good basketball team. We can win games, right? Um, and I, I think that for me personally, my expectations 100% has changed. And I'm expecting for us to be in the playoffs. I'm not at a point yet where my expectations are to win uh, the first round. I'm not. I'm not there. Do I believe that we can do it? Yes, 100%. Is it going to be easy? No, it is not. Like a lot of things have to fall in line and we we need to be healthy. We need to be lucky and we need to be able to be efficient and be able to execute, right? Paulo and Franz, they, they got to lead us there, but it's not it's not just them. Our, our second unit for a little while, we're a little worried about them because they, they haven't been playing at the level of you know, where that second unit was playing in the beginning of the season, we're now starting to see them roll a little bit. Cole Anthony's playing a lot better. Joe Ingles is is doing whatever it is that Joe Ingles does out there, but Mo Wagner's playing really good basketball, you know? So I think for me, my expectations is no matter what happens, Magic need to make the playoffs, and they have to compete in the first round. Like, it's not winning one game isn't enough for me. Like that's, those are not my expectations. Like my expectation at the very least, like the minimum that I'm willing to accept is two to three games first series. Like it, it needs to be a battle. Like it has to be a battle. Magic need to protect home court. Like the Magic need to be able to really showcase. And I said it a few moments ago, this is what allows for us to be able to have a very strong off season where our only bargaining chip isn't being able to pay somebody a lot of money to come play in Orlando. Like in the way that we do that, it's going to be the postseason. So for me, my expectation is to win games in the first round. Do I think that we can hundred percent? Am I, am I putting my money? Am I, am I wagering the house for the magic? Make it out of the first round. Absolutely not. Not a good bet. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that just yet because there's no, there's no history where we're going based off last season. And for us to go from not making the playoffs, still getting a six-round pick in the first draft, to potentially making it into the playoffs this season, is an accomplishment. 
and and people should look at it that way. But this team still like the the story of this team goes far beyond this season and next season. I completely agree with you. So I think that's why I wanted to ask you that question because for me, again, the floor has changed. It is now playing. It's still, it's got to happen. The, the worst case scenario, make the play in. You can't miss it at this point. But if you ask me, my goal remains. You got to, in the first round, to your point, make competitive. You got to win one, two, three games. And heck, depending who you're facing, if we end up with a fourth seed in the East and you're playing, I don't know, a Philadelphia team that doesn't have Embiid, guess what? All of a sudden, I expect you to win that series. Find a way to make it to win it because you are a talented team. They don't have their best player. You got to win that series. Are we the seventh seed and now we're playing the Bucks or the Celtics? Compete. Make it tough on them. But am I thinking we're going to win three games in the series? Probably not. So I think it depends on where we end up. But my ultimate goal will be have a tough first round and let it be what it be. If we win the series, amazing. We'll celebrate. We'll go crazy. I'll be at every game celebrating and going crazy. But again, I think people that are thinking, oh, we got to win the East or make it to these. Like, we're not there yet, guys. In my opinion, relax. We're going to keep building. This team is the ba- it's still the baby stages, man. We're building this thing. And to be where we are today, that's impressive enough. What we're going to be next year with, with the fourth year France and a third year Apollo and that sucks. It will be even better. Just those three guys alone, plus J.I., it's insane what this team can accomplish, let alone free agency. So we'll get there. But I just think that this year, for us, the goal should be have an amazing first round, let it play out. It's not about this season. It's not about next season. It's about the next 10 seasons. Like, Paolo and Franz are still babies, man. But what is that going to look like? And what is this team going to look like when they're reaching their prime, the magic would be in a in a diff, completely different scenario. You're you're still you're still trying to figure out which players fit best around those guys. And I and we've talked about this before in other episodes, where it feels as if this is kind of like a tryout of of who, and it's not who's playing better, who fits best with these guys. And now this is where we're going to really see that in the battle of of postseason and we we've talked about like there was there's moments in these past seasons where all we were asking for were the magic to play meaningful games towards the end of the season and when we we got that and more and i i love what coach Moses is doing right now i like the starting lineup of of suggs and, and harris with franz paulo and wendell like i suggs to me is is we we talked about in the beginning of the season who's going to be that one player that stands out outside of Paulo and Franz, and I don't think you or I said Jalen Saunders. I thought I think we said Cole Anthony and maybe Jonathan Isaac. We weren't expecting Jalen Suggs. The last two seasons of Jalen Suggs have been rough. This season of Jalen Suggs, this dude has has upped his his points differential, his defense, his three point shooting. The dude's averaging about 30, 35% from the three-point line. Jalen Suggs, and the way that we've been using him, now we're, we're playing him at a point, even though he's really not a point. He's a shooting guard, but he's out there with Jalen Suggs, like with uh, with Gary Harris. Jalen Suggs, to me, when we, when we talk about untouchables, right, I think that out of everyone on this team, we know that Paolo and Franz are untouchable. I'm not... I'm not going to say that Jalen Suggs 
isn't untouchable. I want to say that Jalen Suggs is a part of the future and the present, and I don't think that the Magic front office would want to include him in any conversations. But to me, Jalen Suggs is a person that completely changed his role, his his perspective of from the fan base, from the front office. Like Jalen Suggs is a part of this core that I think has been a massive surprise for for everyone. And when we think about Harn Hustle, right, with the Orlando Magic, at one point we we felt like that was Cole Anthony. But in my opinion, I think Jalen Suggs snatched that away from Cole Anthony and he he lives and breathes it. That dude just plays hard, bro. Like today against the Detroit Pistons, he didn't care who was going up for uh for for that dunk. He he was going up them going up there and playing defense. And if he gets dunked on, he gets dunked on. But he's he's going out there. He's gonna make sure that it's tough and hard on you. He plays hard offensively, he plays hard defensively. And he is very passionate. He likes to beat on his chest a lot. And I love everything about it. This newfound Jalen Suggs that we had this season is has been a big surprise. And although Paulo and Franz will ultimately get a lot of the credit, Jalen Suggs deserves a lot of that as well. And I got to tell you, man, I, I think 100% agree with what you said about Jalen. Um, I, I will clarify, he's actually shooting now. I just checked and I'm wild at this. 39%. 39 Oh, line. my God. So almost... Oh. 40%, and mind you, he's coming from a season where he shot this rookie season, 21%, year two, 32%, year three, 39%. And I got to tell you, man, I always said it with him, like that form is so freaking beautiful. Like they, they're going to start falling down eventually. They got to start being, it, they'll go in eventually. And I remember also Gonzaga, like this, this dude was a legit nice shooter. I'm like, he's adapting to the that, that extra, whatever it is, um, between the college three-point line and the NBA three-point line. It takes him getting used to, uh, and, and I think he's figuring it out. But I think for sure he's made himself into that third star role that we needed so badly. Who's the third guy in Orlando that you got to keep around? I think that is Jalen Suggs. Um, but I do like the role that they're playing him right now, which is that point guard position. He's like a fake point guard, in my opinion. He's not really creating the offense. He's bringing the ball up, and then he'll give it to Paolo, France, whoever else. They create the offense. Reminds me of Marcus Smart once again. With the Celtics, like he was a point guard in name, but in reality, he wasn't really ball handling the ball the entire game. So I love that because you need the ball in Paolo in Franz hand at the most uh, during the game. So I think what the Magic should be looking for this offseason, if anything, I love the new sudden lineup, by the way. Nothing against uh, Markel Fultz, which, by the way, looked terrific tonight. Season high in points against Detroit. The shot looked really nicely. I, I don't know what's happening with Markel, but all of a sudden... No tape on the shoulder. The shooting form looked really nice again. I'm not going to get excited. Let's see what happens. But I do like Gary Harris in the starting five just because it gives more shooting. It gives more space for Paolo and Franz to create. It allows Jalen Suggs more open looks as well. Wendell looked really good today against, against Detroit as well. So if you ask me where we go from here is finish the season with the starting lineup if they're all healthy. But heading into the offseason, I think you're now saying to yourself, you know what we really need in Orlando? a dead-eye three-point shooter that hopefully has some size to him, six, 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 seven, And now you you do that. You do Jalen Suggs, whoever the shooting guard will be that can shoot it really well, Franz, Paolo, J.I., Wendell, whoever, how you want to go there. 
But the missing key to me right now with this team is that shooting guard position, ideally a, a, a sniper, because you're seeing it. It works really well when it when it's all clicking. You you see one Pistons game and you you already want him in Fournier back in Orlando. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say six man in Fournier, I may be okay with that. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, you know it, it's it's crazy that you say that, right? Because. Um, I saw a few people online that, that were saying yeah, the Magic better not even think about doing it. And I think that a lot of the distaste that happened with Evan Fournier um, has to do with, obviously, him, us asking Evan Fournier to do more of mm-hmm. of what he really is. We're not asking, we wouldn't be asking him to start. We wouldn't be asking him to drop 30 points a game. We're not, we're not asking for any of that. We're asking for a big shooting guard to come off the bench and be able to open up um, the floor for Paulo and, and Franz and whoever he's on the floor with. And I wouldn't be mad at it, man. I wouldn't be mad at all. Um, so the the Magic end up going back on the road before we end the month of March uh, with nine out of the ten games at home. The Magic play really, really good basketball at home. So the fact that we're going to end the month nine games at home is is definitely beautiful. So we, we have Tuesday against Charlotte, Wednesday against um, the Washington Wizards, and then Friday against the New York Knicks. What are what are your predictions for these last three games? I mean, it's got to be a perfect week, if you ask me. It's got to be a perfect week, but if you got to say a game we don't show up for, whatever it may be, uh, let's go 2-1 and one at the worst-case scenario before we start that crazy homestand that we have coming up. Um, ideally, though, you got to take it seriously. You got you to gotta understand what's at stake here. You're, you're playing for playoff seating. Um, so hopefully you win. It's a back-to-back against Charlotte and Washington. So a, that's, that's a tough back-to-back because it's trouble involved, the Coleys. It's never easy in the NBA to win a game. It's never easy back-to-back games. So ideally you win those two. And then heading into New York, if Brunson truly is hurt, he, he might miss some time. Again, they're shorthanded, man. You got to go there with the mindset of we got to attack early, get a big lead, and put them away early. Don't give them a chance to even smell a, a win, have a chance of winning the game. Put him away. So I want to go with two and one, but ideally it is three and zero. Oh. Yep, give me three and zero. Oh. If there's one thing the Magic cannot afford to do is we cannot afford to play down to our competition. The Magic need to go there and, and take care of business like we did with the Pistons today. Uh, there were there were moments where we kind of felt like we were giving the lead back, or or the Pistons were finding a way to fight uh, their way back into the game, and we were able to. You know, it's a game of runs, so we're able to to stop the runs and and be able to you know close out on these games. Imagine me to be able to do that. We can't we can't take Charlotte Hornets lightly. We can't take the Wizards lightly. We can't take uh, a Brunsonless Knicks lightly. We need to be able to go in there and take care of business, get these wins, because now even more so than ever, every single game matters. Now, for the first time in so long. We are worried about seeding. Ow, dude! We're not talking about the draft. We're not. We're not. We're not talking about we're 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 in March, bro, and we're not we're not talking about hey, we need to we need to watch these players uh, for March Madness because you know this is the player that we 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 don't care about the draft. We're talking about seeding, seeding, and the fact that we're we're here having this conversation now. Again, goes to show the the growth of this team, and I and I I swear to you, man, I, I couldn't be more proud and more excited of what the next few months is is going to be like. So, um, man, 
Magic, big win against the Pistons. It's the Pistons, but every <laughs> win now is is a big win. Um, it's That's unfortunate right. that some of the other teams uh, that we wanted to lose today so that we can advance in the seeding ended up winning. Um, but, man, it's going to be a battle game by game, um, and we'll, we'll see what ends up happening um, this next week. Episode today was sponsored by Bet Online. It is a wrap. Catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.